Hi everyone, this is Mike, and you're listening to My Rants and Raves, brought to you by Mama Lynn Records, Publishing, and Management. You can find us on the web at www.mamalin.com, and sometimes people misspell that. It's actually M-O-M-M-A-L-Y-N-N.com. And we're also out there on all the social media platforms. This first episode is basically going to be telling you what Mama Lynn is about, what we do, what we're trying to do. And then we'll get into some cool topics and some cool guests in future episodes. Mama Lynn is a group of music-related businesses headquartered in the Pacific Northwest. Consisting of Mama Lynn Records, Mama Lynn Publishing, and Mama Lynn Management. Those are the core businesses that fall under the Mama Lynn corporate umbrella. Our family also uh, administers uh, a family charity foundation called Mama Lynn Community Services. And the production arm for that is... A group called Love Congregation. And we are also starting up an online retail site called Horns and Steel. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. We started off as a management consulting business for a few local rock bands here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, We started hitting the scene and it... uh, was apparent and quite obvious that there were literally hundreds of bands and artists of all type of genres here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, outstanding bands, and we wanted to try to do something to showcase these bands and tell the rest of the country about these bands. They, they were just um, outstanding and, and, and we felt compelled to get the word out about them. But how do you do that? Uh, I mean, there's literally thousands and thousands of bands uh, just in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Back in the day, promoters and band managers would put together uh, showcase showcase events for uh, music industry types. Uh, They'd put a show together with several bands and invite these A&R types to come see the show and and pitch these bands. But that's not how it's done anymore and uh, with the digital revolution um, the number of bands and artists that are out there uh, has just multiplied uh, logarithmically. I mean there's literally thousands and thousands of bands and artists out there just trying to get noticed. So we decided to uh, put an album together and we called it One Take Pacific Northwest and the concept was to um, take some submissions from local area bands and artists and try and cull it down to one album, we're calling it Volume 1 and um, put this group of bands and artists together 
uh, in a studio and record them live. Uh, I've always been a live music kind of guy, and uh, I, I love the energy you get from the from the stage when you're listening to good live music. And I wanted that energy to be transmitted to the fans and and listeners of the album. So again. Um, I'm out there on the scene checking out different bands and artists, different venues, and just making a list of bands I thought would be awesome additions to a compilation album. So now I'm sitting in the office and I've got a list of uh, 100 bands and artists and um, we started contacting uh, band management, band leadership, and uh, seeing if uh, some of these bands and artists were even interested. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback from bands and artists. Some of them never even returned our calls. Uh, some of the bigger bands in the uh, Seattle metro area in the Pacific Northwest uh, seemed interested at first, but uh, you know they, they didn't know anything about me. They didn't know what we were about, what we were going to try and do. So uh, it was a hard sell to them just to even get them to consider talking to me about uh, doing an album live. So I needed to find a way to convince them that uh, we were serious, um, that we had the resources to make this happen, and that we wanted to put out a good quality album. So that's when I picked up the phone and I called Jonathan Plum at London Bridge Studios. So we set up a, a meeting at London Bridge and I went to go see Jonathan and I introduced myself. I told him what we were about, what we wanted to do. Uh, and he seemed a little bit apprehensive at first. Uh, and I told him uh, how I wanted the album to be recorded, what we were going for. I wanted the album to be uh, recorded live. That meant putting the band all in one, uh, the main recording room. And of course we'd put the singer in a separate booth, but uh, basically they would be recording live. And you know, that's been done before, but uh, because of our limited resources, uh, I had told Jonathan that I wanted to get these bands in and out in two hours. Jonathan was very skeptical uh, about how we were going to make this happen, and I, uh, uh, I reassured him that I could make it happen, that uh, we had some bands and artists that we felt could come in and knock it out. We'd set up a back line uh, in the main recording studio, and uh, these bands and artists would come in and have uh, two hours, basically, to set up uh, get their levels and record. They'd have one take, one opportunity to record a song of their choosing live. I knew that this open recording concept would be a definite hard sale to Jonathan um, just because uh, he didn't know who I was, he didn't know what bands I was going to bring in, what we had planned to do. Um, it was just basically uh, my word that we could make it happen. 
Um, again, he was still skeptical, and, uh, and, and I understand his apprehension because um, if you don't know London Bridge Studio, uh, they're a world-famous recording studio, um, and uh, they have a reputation. And Jonathan was concerned that I was going to come in and uh, you know, bring an engineer in there, and we are going to record some crappy recording and, and then try to market it and get it out there. And he didn't want anything with uh, London Bridge's name on it to come out that was substandard. And I respected him for that. So there we were in the meeting, and uh, we had basically come to an impasse. And um, so I finally told Jonathan, uh, I said, look, uh, I'll bring you on as the engineer, and I will also give you uh, full veto power for this album, which meant... And I told him that after we were done with the album and it was ready to go, uh, if, if he felt that any part of the album or anything about the album was substandard or didn't meet his, uh, uh, his expectations or uh, minimal standards, uh, that I would give him the authority to tell me, hey, this is a crappy record. And I, and I told him I'd shelve it. I would not put it out there. Uh, with that, uh, Jonathan agreed. And so now I had uh, uh, London Bridge uh, ready to record. And so I had some selling to do to my list of bands. So I went back to the office and I started looking at the bands and seeing which ones I really wanted on there. Uh, and I started pitching to each and every one of the band managers or band leaders. And um, one of the, the main selling points was that we were going to record at London Bridge. Uh, some of the bands had actually recorded there before. Some of them had never even stepped foot in that uh, remarkable studio. And, uh, and that, that was a selling point for me to convince bands that we were serious. We were going you know, we to record in a in a, uh, an A-level studio, world-famous studio, rich in musical history, and uh, that we were serious and, um, you know, we wanted to put out a good album and I needed them to come on board. Once we uh, got the word out that we are going to do this and people started hearing from other bands, hey, that I had contacted them, um, we got a dramatic increase in submissions again. And by that time, uh, I'd already had the list down um, to uh, one album. I mean, uh, you can only have so much music on on uh, one album and um, and still be affordable. And so, uh, there were a lot of bands that I uh, had to call back and say, "Hey, you know, well, we'll get you on the next one, Volume Two." So uh, we put the legal people together and we drew up some contracts and we sent them over to the bands and uh, told them specifically uh, that they were going to have two hours to get in and out and, um, and that uh, they had to basically trust us to put the best uh, music that we could out, uh, that I wanted it live, uh, I wanted that raw sound, I wanted to capture that. And, uh, you know, we put all that together and sent it over to the band. And, uh, you know, contracts went back and forth as they do. And then now we had uh, 
signed contracts uh, with all the bands and we had to put together the schedule. Uh, putting together a schedule uh, with uh, 14 bands and artists uh, is like uh, juggling chainsaws and herding cats. So now we had tentative schedules put together and we had some specific dates uh, that were going to work and the idea was to bring in four bands for the first session and we would record all day long straight through and uh, uh, knock this out this first session out for this album so of course as the the first session date drew near press releases were already out there uh, we had to make some scheduling changes some of the bands had gigs they had shows tours and uh, they things came up and we didn't want to try to uh, hold them to that because uh, we still wanted them on the album but we understand they got to get out there and and play music and make a living so the schedules got changed all the way up until the last minute um, and then we had the first four bands come in and we were apprehensive but I, I knew that this is what I wanted and after the first band came in uh, they really knocked it out of the park and uh, then the other bands were you know they were showing up 20 minutes before their time and we, we we'd break down and get these other bands in there and then they would record and then the same thing would happen and uh, meanwhile uh, Jonathan's fingers are flying all over the board and he's he's doing a rough mix right there and we're and and in, in two hours they're done and uh, it was just simply amazing that was a long day and uh, at the end of the day, when everybody was gone and it was just us and Jonathan, uh, you know, we looked at each other and you know we smiled and said, you know what, we we really got something here. And uh, you know, he was quite happy with the way we were able to get the bands in and out and the uh, you know how we administered uh, everything and how we uh, you know the execution of it. And he was quite happy and. I was quite happy with him, of course, and um, we looked at each other and said, "Hey, you know, we got something really cool going on here." And he really, he really uh, liked the that open uh, open recording concept. Word soon got out right after that first session that uh, this is really cool. The bands really liked it. Uh, uh, the energy was there. Um, you know. Uh, before everything had started in the first session we knew that we had something special we knew that this was going to be you know like a, a snapshot in musical history so i hired on a videography team to uh, to record everything all the shenanigans all the ins and outs and setting up and uh, the frustrations and everything and record everything and i also brought on um some professional photographers to record it and and you know we wanted to make sure that uh, we had some uh, you know some 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 good pictures some good uh, video to help the bands uh, with the uh, you know when we decided to market and promote the album we were gonna make splash promo videos we're gonna do all that and so I picked 
cinematography team uh, called Twisted Images Cinematography and uh, they brought in a team and uh, really uh, captured uh, some really cool moments and I also brought on Iron Mike Savoy and Chris Berg uh, you don't know who uh, Iron Mike is he's a world famous uh, uh, rock band band photographer and Chris Berg is a extremely talented local photographer and it really uh, captures some cool pictures after that session um, you know we really knew we had something going the momentum was going and so uh, we started looking forward to the next session and uh, we brought in the, the next four bands and each of them performed uh, awesome they were all uh, very professional got in got out and uh, you know again we captured video we captured good uh, photography and um, everything was going great and we were very happy on uh, what was happening and then when it came for the third session um, we ended up having to reschedule because uh, Jonathan had an opportunity to bring in uh, another band uh, for a very lucrative uh, recording session and of course we couldn't stop that and so we ended up pushing uh, that session um, but we were able to recover and get everybody rescheduled and brought them in. Uh, meanwhile, we're starting to work on uh, getting all the marketing and promoting going, and uh, we knew what we wanted to do with that, um, and uh, we were getting ready. And then when the last of the, uh, of the four sessions was completed, uh, we knew okay now that's the easy part we've got some really heavy lifting to do now we got to set up distribution agreements we got to get everything ready you got to manufacture a CD uh, you know it's going to be a two disc CD and DVD set uh, one side music or one disc music CD and then there was a DVD that we had created that had some uh, digital liner notes and uh, which is something that's like a trademark for Mama Lynn now. We we include digital liner notes in all our albums um, and some cool video. So uh, the, when the album was done and I'm sitting there with, uh, go back to uh, listening to the whole album with Jonathan, uh, we really knew we had something special, but The album needed to be finished. I mean, I love the raw sound, and I love the fact that we got in there and just knocked it out, but um, we really needed to finish the album. If we really wanted to take it to the next level, we needed to have it professionally mixed and mastered. And both of us agreed um, that's what we wanted. Yeah, it costs more money, but uh, you know that's what we wanted, and I told um, Jonathan from the get-go if there was something about the album that he uh, thought we needed and uh, you know in the end he said you know we need to polish this up a little bit let's get let's get Kelly Gray in here and so uh, Kelly an awesome uh, musician in his own right uh, came on board and he did all the mixing and mastering for us and he did just a superb job 
So for the distribution agreement, I, I really didn't want to go with a generic aggregator like CD Baby or, you know, uh, and so I really, really tried hard to find um, a distribution outlet, a, a distribution company, and uh, I interviewed several and, you know, got to talking to not only the salespeople, but the you know the managers and, and even the owners and you know I didn't get a really good vibe from them you know they didn't you know again we were we we're an unknown entity and you know they they didn't know about us they didn't want to take a chance basically but I, I I started talking to um Symphonic and at the time uh Symphonic's big now but because they just got a big infusion of money but uh uh at the time, you know, they were a smaller outfit, but I liked the fact that uh, after I sent in the initial request to talk, uh, I got a call back from the president of the company, and he, you know, and he told me, hey, you know, this is how we do business, and, um, you know, what do you got? And so I sent him all the files and let him listen to the music, and he came back, and he said, you know what, we... Uh, we don't normally do rock compilations, but you know what? You got something special here, and um, you know we'd like to bring you on board. So we uh, we set up our first uh, album with uh, Symphonic, and uh, they handle all our national uh, distribution and international distribution. You know, set up all the physical uh, distribution and all the digital outlets. Uh, got the album, and we were quite happy with Symphonic and. Uh, still am today. The uh, it's just a great company, and you know those people uh, do what they say they're going to do. They live up to their word, um, and uh, you know I've got the president's phone number in my phone, and if I got a problem, I give them a call, and it's just simple as that. And that's basically how we cut our teeth. Uh, uh, the first album was a real pain in the ass. I mean, it it took a lot of effort. Uh, not just on our part, but uh, the coordination between the bands and the and the bands prepping and being ready to really knock it out uh, when they had their time in the studio. Uh, it was it was it was a difficult album, uh, purely a labor of love and uh, from everyone concerned. And uh, we we're quite happy with it. And it's called One Take Pacific Northwest Volume One, and it's got some really cool bands. Um, we've got pop bands, we've got metal bands, hard rock bands, progressives, uh, we've got singer-songwriters, um, just a, a good uh, mix of uh, the music at the time uh, that we were interested in, uh, mostly rock. Uh, there's 14 bands and artists, and it's just, it's just an awesome album. Um, so get out there and get it i mean it's everywhere go get that album and if you can't find it or you don't want to go out and look for it or whatever it's out there at best buy and uh you know barnes and nobles and targets it's online it's on amazon it's on digital uh, i recommend that you get the you get the physical copy because it has all the cool video and liner notes and all that so uh, those aren't available for digital download so now you know uh, how we got started. Uh, 
we've evolved from that point. Uh, there was so many lessons learned, um, and again, because of uh, we don't have the deep pockets like the major labels do, we had to be very uh, careful and very particular about how we we spend our resources. So it was a it was a gigantic learning curve uh, for us, and we think we did an exceptional job. Uh, we have an exceptional album uh, to show for it. And and we decided to move on and and uh, and create uh, Mamalin Records and Mamalin Publishing and Mamalin Management all under the corporate umbrella of Mamalin LLC. And uh, along with that, uh, uh, our desire to just get in there and and make music. I mean, um, we work hard. The bands have to work hard, but the final result is we're getting quality music out there, uh, giving bands national and international exposure uh, when they might not have had that opportunity. Our primary goal has always been to showcase the outstanding musical talent of the Pacific Northwest. And secondary to that is to bring awareness to the music industry infrastructure the professionals that work behind the scenes to support that outstanding musical talent. These are your friends and family, your next door neighbors that live in our communities and contribute to the Pacific Northwest music scene. And with that being said, uh, Mama Lynn has committed to utilizing um, Pacific Northwest vendors whenever possible and all our CD manufacturing, our graphics design, our artwork, uh, merchandising, everything that we do uh, to help the Pacific Northwest music scene. We also try to bring in these, uh, uh, these creatives that live here in our communities. So that's a wrap for episode one. Hope you enjoyed hearing the backstory and um, we look forward to putting out more podcasts and, and hearing what you think. Have a great day.